Roe versus Wade is overturned. Does this mean America can be saved? By Pastor Reed Benson. Despite the fact that someone with inside knowledge of the Supreme Court's musings leaked those thoughts to the press, giving the nation a warning that Roe versus Wade was likely to be overturned, the actual announcement still came like a thunderclap reverberating across the land. What a moment! A woman's so-called right to an abortion was properly abandoned on the federal level, returning this debate to the states, where it had always been until 1973. Yes, indeed, June 24th, 2022 was an exciting, memorable, long-in-coming, and hard-fought day. In an instant, the United States discarded 49 years of foolish judicial claptrap with the Dobbs versus Jackson decision and set our feet back on the constitutional pathway. Abortion will now be difficult or impossible to obtain in many states, and the prospect now exists to save the lives of thousands of unborn infants. Good news from the High Court. But in truth, Dobbs versus Jackson was not the only good news from the Supreme Court in June of 2022. Three other cases were setbacks for liberals and neo-Marxists. In West Virginia versus EPA, the Supreme Court ruled that federal agencies do not have the right to interpret open-ended laws passed by Congress, but can only implement federal laws that are specific and clearly articulated. This ruling trims the powers of federal agencies to rush pell-mell ahead, pursuing their own private agendas with only slight regard for the actual laws that Congress passed. Also, the court ruled in Carson v. Macon that a Maine law that prohibits state educational tax money from being available to private religious schools was unconstitutional. The ruling represents a huge victory for the parental school choice movement. It clears the way for programs that offer parents more control over their children's education and more alternatives to the monopoly of the failing public schools. Finally, in Kennedy versus Bremerton, the high court decided that a high school coach was within his rights to pray on the football field, and his student athletes were welcome to join him. Recent years had eroded any right to pray in any public school activity, but this ruling restored at least some of those rights. At least some of the credit for these sensible and constitutional decisions must go to the former President Trump. He appointed three justices to our nation's highest court, justices who respect what the Constitutional actually states, and perhaps more importantly, do not pretend that ideas exist within the document where there are no words that articulate such notions. This strict constructionist approach to the Constitution is a breath of fresh air for conservatives who have been forced for decades to breathe the smoggy emanations of a judicial activist court that ruled willy-nilly as it pleased without regard to the written word of the Constitution. These developments, especially the dramatic reversal of Roe v. Wade that provided abortion on demand across the nation, gives us a real measure of hope to Christians everywhere. There are even suggestions that other immoral rights, which liberal activist judges have put in place, might be reversed based on the same logic that overturned Roe v. Wade. For example, a liberal-dominated Supreme Court in 2015 gave homosexuals the federal right to marry in Obergefell v. Hodges. 
But since the Constitution says absolutely nothing in this respect, it is plausible that the present conservative Supreme Court might overturn that nauseatingly abominable decision against returning the issue to the states. Does this mean America can be saved? Does everything we have witnessed mean that the declining culture of the United States is reversing? Is this dramatic legal moment a harbinger of a wholesome cultural shift? Is something already underway that means America can be saved from further social and cultural calamities? Does this mean that we might be able to preserve our nation from what seem to be sure and impending judgments from our holy God? Is it possible to roll back the clock? To return America to a time that was more sensible, more moral, and less offensive to God? Is Christianity making a comeback? Is the Bible going to be respected more than it has been in recent decades? In short, can America be saved? Is that what the end of Roe vs. Wade means? On a personal level, I would love to exclaim yes! But standing back to try to gain a larger perspective, it is still hard to be optimistic about the future of America. At the risk of being labeled a stubborn curmudgeon or a doubting Thomas from the show-me state, I am forced to reckon with other discouraging national trends that still show no sign of reversal. The positive developments at the Supreme Court, however pleased I am to see them, does not mean that our nation has reached its nadir and is now climbing upward out of the moral and cultural swamplands through which we have been trudging. A few questions we should consider at this junction are these. Is church attendance growing in the United States? Is the Bible held in higher regard than before? Are there fewer homosexuals than there were previously? Is race mixing in decline? Are there fewer out-of-wedlock babies than before? Is marriage held in higher regard than before? Are evolutionists backpedaling in the universities? Has the bloated bureaucracy, the deep state in Washington, shown any signs that it is laying off employees and starting to shrink? Are there fewer illegal aliens passing over our southern border than before? Has the browning of America with vast numbers of non-white immigrants ceased? Has the transgender indoctrination ceased? Sadly, the answer to every single question is no. As anyone can see, if one is inclined to be a pessimist about America's future, Many reasons to support that instinct remain. Let me make a short digression. I am not here to argue that your individual future cannot be bright. Indeed, if you are a person of good Christian character who is willing to work hard, be honest, remain moral, seek Christ Jesus in the pages of the Bible, and obey God's commandments to the very best of your ability, you can have a beautiful and prosperous future right here in America even now. Have hope for yourself. But that does not mean that the nation as a whole has the same auspicious prospects. The Browning of America For those who have an understanding that the white Caucasian race is genetic Israel of the Old Testament, and who perceive that maintaining our racial purity is a high priority, you may be able to sense that America's outlook as a whole still looks clouded. It might be worthwhile to examine one particular aspect of American life more closely in 2022. At this moment in time, 
Is there any reason to think that the browning of America might be reversing? If it is, that is fantastic news, the kind that suggests that America can be saved, that we can return the nation to a better past. But if not, then every other trend hardly matters. If Caucasian white folk, being the Israelite people of God's elect, continue to drop as a proportion of the entire population, America will not return toward its better past. A good place to help us answer the question of whether the United States is going to continue to grow browner, that is, less Caucasian, is immigration. On this particularly important point, the Supreme Court issued a ruling of significance in June of 2022. Sadly, instead of supporting conservative values, the justices chose to make illegal immigration easy. First, a bit of background. In 2019, the Trump administration implemented the Migrant Protection Protocols, the MPP, a policy that compelled illegal immigrants to wait outside the United States while their individual requests for political asylum were processed, usually in Mexico. Before 2019, asylum seekers were allowed to live anywhere they wanted within the United States until their case was heard, which was often four or five years since the immigration courts were jammed. The MPP stopped all these frivolous claims, knowing they would be stuck in Mexico. People wanting to come to the United States simply stayed at home in their Latin American countries. That is, until Biden became president. He suspended the MPP, and the massive flow northward started up again. In Texas versus Biden, the Lone Star State filed suit to force the Biden administration to reinstate the MPP. But the Supreme Court ruled in June of 2022 that Biden's Department of Homeland Security did not have to do so. The net result is that the flow of illegal migrants over the Rio Grande River continues in quantities that will change the demographic profile of the United States forever. To examine this issue more closely, a few statistics may be of value. The following table of foreign-born residents is based on data that the United States Census collected and then used to project into the future. Although this does not categorize by race, almost all foreign-born residents are indeed non-white, most of them from Latin America and Asia. Since this is official federal government census data, it is likely to lean on the low side, since there is an incentive for those here illegally to avoid self-reporting. The real quantities of foreign-born residents are probably considerably higher. Here are those numbers. In 1970, the number in millions of foreign-born population was 9.6, making a 4.7% total. In 1980, 14.1 million at 6.2%. In 1990, 19.8 million at 7.9%. In the year 2000, 31.1 million at 11.1%. In the year 2010, 40 million, 12.9%. In 2022, 46.7 million at 14.2%. Looking into projections, in 2030, 53.8 million at 15.2%. In 2040, 60.2 million at 16.1%. And finally, in 2050, 
65.3 million at 16.8%. The most direct manner to measure the browning of the United States is to simply count the population based on race. The chart following shows the percentages of the four major racial groups in the United States between 2000 and 2019. The major items to note are the decline of the white population and the increase of the non-white Hispanics. In 2000, the percentage of whites was 69.1%. In 2010, 63.8%. In 2019, 60.1%. For blacks, in 2000, 12.1%. In 2010, 12.3%. In 2019, 12.5%. Asian, in 2000, 3.8%. 2010, 4.9% and 2019, 5.9%. And finally, Hispanics in the year 2000, 12.6%. In 2010, 16.4%. And in 2019, 18.5%. We can make a projection into the future by considering the population of the young. This next chart shows the same information, but only for those under the age 16. Again, Notice the rapid decline of the white population and the rise of the non-white Hispanics. For whites, in the year 2000, 60.8%. In 2010, 53.4%. In 2019, 49.9%. For blacks, in 2000, 14.6%. In 2010, 13.9%. In 2019, 13.7%. For Asians, in 2000, 3.4%, 2010, 4.6%, and 2019, 5.2%. For Hispanics, in the year 2000, 17.2%, in 2010, 23.5%, and in 2019, 25.8%. One more aspect of America's racial future can be discerned from the trend regarding mixed-race people. In 1970, 1% of Americans were multiracial, that is, two or more races. At present, 7% of Americans are mixed race. We can peer into the future when we observe that 10% of all newborn babies in the United States are multiracial. Racial and ethnic diversity will be an essential ingredient of America's future. The mostly white baby boomer culture that defined the last half of the 20th century is giving way to a more multi-hued, multicultural nation. The demographic underpinnings for this have been set in place for a while, but the new census data places an exclamation point on them. America is indeed browning. Look to Latin America. If you want to know what the future of the United States will be like as we cruise toward the middle of the 21st century, glance south. One of the bigger Latin American countries is a good model of what the United States is becoming. Brazil is a taste of our fate to come. It is nearly as large geographically and it is racially diverse. In fact, some demographers trying to describe what is presently underway in our nation have called the process Brazilification. In Brazil, racial mixing is not uncommon, yet there is also a distinct local 
and regional segregation based on race. The two great megacities, Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, are made up of highly segregated areas. Extensive slums called barrios are comprised primarily of blacks who live in crowded, unclean conditions. Next to them, but quite distinct from the barrios, are the neighborhoods where swarthy Portuguese Hispanics live in what one might call lower middle class housing. And on the distant outskirts, the pure white Portuguese upper class lives in comfortable, clean suburbs. Some rural areas of Brazil are also highly segregated. While mixed race inhabitants populate most of the small towns and villages, many of the most successful farms and ranches are the property of whites who live clustered in enclaves where they live apart. A surprising quantity of these are Germans who settled in Brazil several generations ago and have maintained a separate local identity marrying among themselves and retaining their German speech and culture. The broad picture of Brazil is a diverse, multiracial nation that manages to bump along in neither prosperity nor calamity. Of its population of nearly 220 million, 47 claim to be white, mostly of Portuguese descent. But as previously stated, this includes some Germans and a handful of other white ethnicities. Some 43% of the whole is Pardo, meaning they are either a Portuguese Indian or Portuguese black racial mix. Finally, there is a modest portion of blacks, about 8%, and a remnant of native indigenous peoples. By the middle of the 21st century, this approximates what the United States will be like, except on a bit larger scale and with a few handfuls of additional non-white ethnicities tossed into the mix. What does this mean? Can America be saved? If by saved you imagine that we can return to the 1950s with a single dominant ethnic group, cultural standard, and linguistic profile, the answer is no. In the middle of the 20th century, America was 90% white, Christian, and English-speaking and exhibited a unique American spirit of rugged individualism. A century later, only two decades hence, the United States will be less than 50% white, marginally Christian at best. While it will likely still be mostly English-speaking, there will be no single, single cultural standard to which all Americans will aspire. The American spirit of self-reliance is already only a skinny shadow of its former muscular self, and the majority of the population will happily suckle on the teat of a bloated nanny state to the extent that they are permitted. In the case of the red-hot topic with which we began this essay, abortion, the Dobbs versus Jackson case, is a shot across the bow of despair. It proves that there is always hope, Never give up hope. But the question remains, what is our strategy going forward? For what should we labor and hope? Regarding abortion, some states will strongly discourage it while others embrace it, with the enthusiasm normally associated with religious devotion. It will be one of several issues that will bifurcate America into a dual personality nation one that would be politically schizophrenic and impossible to maintain were it not for the fact 
that the United States is very large and has a unique tradition of federalism. This means that everyone can go into his own corner among his own kind of folk and avoid those with whom he holds little in common. In the present political jargon, some states will get redder, while a few will get bluer. Racially, most states will get browner, while a few retain their white profile. To further perceive the real possibility that America will continue to partition itself into two distinct worldviews, the reaction to the Dobbs versus Jackson decision on abortion is illustrative. Following the High Court's ruling, scores of major companies are now offering abortion travel benefits to their female employees. Thus, if a woman wants an abortion, but her home state has made it impossible, her employer will cover the expenses to travel to a state that does offer easy abortion access. Indeed, California is considering legislation that will make this a simple procedure, making California an abortion destination. Other liberal states may follow this example. It's too soon to say. It will probably take several years to sort all of this out. However, it is quite possible that the overturning of Roe v. Wade will not result in a great reduction in the number of abortions performed in the United States, but merely shift the geographical location where they are carried out. For those that believe that biblical Israel is comprised of Caucasian people of European racial descent, the wise course of action is clear. Find a corner of this nation where you can cluster with others that look and think like unto yourself. Then work to build a local community, an enclave where your values and racial profile can grow. This is the only realistic option that will give your family a bright future. While occasional happy moments in our national life will not completely cease, like the Dobbs versus Jackson decision in June of 2022, America's long-term outlook for those who wish to practice racial segregation remains rather bleak. Families who are wise must act with dispatch and form a white Christian community to which they can give themselves heart and soul. This is the singular strategy that can bring your children the blessing and prosperity for which all of us hope.